In this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the end time harvest. Six years ago in 2014, I put aside some time at the start of the year to seek God about the coming year ahead. It was then that God gave me a vision and I want to begin by sharing some of it with you. I was travelling along a river in a boat and I saw an immense beige colour wall and there was writing on it which I could not understand. The boat moved onwards and I came to a place where I got out of the boat and stood there and looked around. It was a barren place and I could see that there was once a building there as some of the foundations were showing. There was rubble scattered around me which was perhaps once walls. Then I heard a voice say to me, there will be a time to prophesy again. Since having that vision I had already seen parts of it come to pass but I only got a full understanding of it a while after the vision. Indeed up until then I was a bit confused. The funny thing is is that even though I had read the story of the writing on the wall and also watched a movie about Daniel, I had not connected what I would seen in my vision to what happened in Daniel chapter 5 when King Belshazzar held a banquet and orders the use of the holy items from the Temple of Israel. We find that in Daniel 5, verses 5 to 6. Eventually Daniel was brought before the king. He confronts the king about the absence of humility, the wicked idolatry and the king's rebellious heart towards God. Then Daniel explains the inscription. This is the interpretation of the matter. Many, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. The writing on the wall was about judgment, not only to the person who held control, but also to many others too. Their sins were pride, idolatry, and lack of honor towards God. As a result of this, their day of judgment had come on them. And the rest of that is covered in Daniel five twenty six to 28 and then the Lord brought me to Isaiah 44, verse 24 to 26. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of liars and makes fools of diviners, who turns the wise men back and makes their knowledge foolish, who confirms the word of a servant and fulfills the counsel of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Judah they will be built, and I will raise up their ruins. And I began to understand that God wanted to build something, to establish something by his hands, where others have built with the flesh and failed, the Holy Spirit will now establish something new and complete his work. So I began to understand that if the Lord was called me to make declarations against pride and idolatry and other detestable things, then he is also beckoning me to speak about what God is going to form. In Isaiah 58, 12, it says, And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. Then in September 2014, a servant of God came up to me and said, The time is here to prophesy again. It was a confirmation of the words that the Lord had said to me. And I felt a deeply call on my spirit to go out and listen to what God had to say. But somehow I knew in advance that he would speak to me words of both judgment and creation. A great storm. While out walking and seeking God, I had a vision, and in it I felt a cold wind blow, but in the sky the clouds did not move, and the trees were silent. Everything was calm, but a storm was coming, not just any storm, but the greatest storm. 
I looked and saw that even the birds were flying away to look for shelter, but the people carried on, oblivious. Then I saw a stork take flight and with it the move of God. Here on earth I saw patches of ground where fires once burned, but they no longer gave out heat. They had long since been put out. Only ashes remained. Then amongst the people I saw their hearts had been filled with fear and depression. I saw others who were devious and had evil in their hearts. They had their minds set on the oppression of the weak so that they could steal their provisions. I saw that this was a very different world to how it is now. I saw overturned cars and motorways that had been burnt out. I saw houses with light and with their windows broken. However, it was this place, my land. It was laid desolate and corrupted. Life began to ebb away and even plants were dying. People were hiding in their houses and securing their houses the best they could. Even though there was light, it shone here no longer. Darkness had grown, fear and security, security and fear, all of it far away from the truth. Second Timothy one seven. Where is thy light, my lord? I asked. Then I saw some flashes of light. They were travelling from one place to another, not stopping to shine their light in the world, but instead to hide it. They had turned from their destination and given way to the flesh, a faded light growing even dimmer. Following this vision, I felt a great urgency and I began to walk fast. I understood that I had seen the future and the time was short, and there were things to be done before the great time of trouble, before this great time of destruction. It is time for haste to overcome any obstacles and to do what must be done to fight the darkness of sin that would swallow this land. It's time to usher in the move of God, the greatest ever to come. I spoke to my Lord and said, Use me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. The Harvesters. I returned home and on my arrival the Lord told me to open my Bible and read Isaiah 17 from verse 4 to verse 8. Verse 4 says, And in that day the glory of Jacob will be brought low, and the fat of his flesh will be grow lean. I prayed and asked the Lord for the meaning of this verse, and I began to understand that his followers had possessed strength, governess, and prosperity, but this was now going to change. The fat was going to be replaced by the lean. So what had gone before must fade, but at the same time a new strength will go forth to bring in the harvest. Verse 5, And it shall be as when the reaper gathers standing grain in his arm, harvests the ears, and with one gleans the ears of grain in the valley of Rephaim. The valley of Rephaim was where David, a humble shepherd and worshipper of God, stepped forward. He was anointed with a crown which people could not see yet. He was prepared to stand alone and face the enemy of the Most High. This place was where David took up a stone and slew Goliath and sheared off his head like a reaper gathering corn. So I say to you, rise up now, army of the harvest. You have been anointed through your humility and through your intimacy with Jesus. The time has come to walk out into the field and stand against anyone who mocks the Lord God and stand against anyone who has invaded the land. You, O remnant, a crown sits on your head which no one else sees yet, but God himself has placed it on your head. He chose you, not for your strength, but for your weakness. Arise now, arise and come to war. There is no longer any conscription. You are already conscripted and you have already received your training. Now is the time to fulfill everything the Lord has prepared in advance for you to do. Arise now and see the harvest. Stop saying another four months. Hear the shout in the heavens that declares that the hour to reap has come. Do not stay asleep but arise. To stay sleeping will bring shame on you. Do not be left behind like one who says that the harvest has passed by and that they are not saved. For we shall earn our wages for the gathering of the harvest, and those wages shall be to know God in intimacy. 
Verse 6. Gleanings will be left in it, as when an olive tree is beaten. Two or three berries in the top of the highest bough, four or five on the branches of a fruit tree, declares the Lord God of Israel. The task of beating the olives from the tree was quick way to harvest, and likewise the spiritual harvest will be also quickened. It shall happen at a fast pace. Believers shall multiply at a pace never seen before. Miracles shall also increase significantly in this time, bringing glory to God. Isaiah 17 verse 7 to 8. In that day man will look to his maker and his eyes will look on the Holy One of Israel. He will not look to the altars, the work of his hands, and he will not look on what his own fingers have made, either the Esherim or the altars of incense. Our people will turn from their idolatry, from the nature of making gods of their leaders, of making gods of their work. The truth shall be revealed and we will turn to our maker, the Holy One of Israel, the garden of the Lord. Then I saw another vision, and I looked up and saw a blue sky surrounded by clouds, and I was standing in a field amongst all sorts of flowers. There I heard the Lord say, These are my flowers that I have grown from one small seed. However, as I walked amongst them, I noticed that even though they looked good from afar, when I was up close I saw that many of them were flawed. Some flowers had begun to fade and lose their colour. Others were imperfectly shaped. Others were being eaten by insects. Others were scorched by the sun. Others had stopped growing, which allowed other flowers to overtake them and cast shadows on them. Then I saw the Lord walk at will amongst them. His light was their life. Sadly, some turned away as they felt it was too bright. Indeed, some hid behind other flowers, letting only parts of themselves be seen. Then there were some taking every opportunity to move as close to the light as they could. These eager flowers began to change colour because of the exposure to the light. And the gardener came and saw that the new colour was contrasting against the others. So he took a section of the garden which had fresh earth and he began to move them there one at a time. And the gardener consulted with the Lord to formulate a plan. The Lord loved to visit them. He loved to see how they responded to his light. And they grew in stature and maturity. Then when new seeds began to arrive in the garden, they settled in this new area, for the light was greater and the soil was fresh. After the vision, God began to reveal its meaning to me. The flowers are his people, those who claim Jesus as Lord in their life. So I asked him what was meant by the flaws. Then I began to understand that there are those who have let their love for Jesus fade away. They are the faded colours. Matthew twenty four twelve. Others were actively embracing false doctrines in their hearts, taught to them by men instead of receiving doctrine from God. They were imperfectly shaped, Second Peter 2 verse 1. Others had not allowed the word of God to fully penetrate their heart, Hebrews 4.12. And so they were under attack from the enemy. They were corrupted by sin, depression and addictions, being eaten by insects, James 4.7. Others had taken themselves so deep in their law that they had a form of godliness but no longer lived in the power of Jesus, scorched by the sun, 2 Timothy 3.5, Matthew 13.6. Others had allowed themselves to become dependent on their chosen leader, even seeking out false teaching, allowing others to overtake them and cast shadows on them, 2 Timothy 4, verses 3-4. They chose this rather than truth from the teacher, the Holy Spirit, John 14.26. As God walked amongst them, some believers would not look at him because they were still living in sin and were holding back from letting go, turning away from the light. 1 John 1 9. Others hid behind a false front because they had held back parts of their life, Romans 12 2, and their past, hiding behind other flowers, Galatians 2 20. However, there were believers who over the last season have had to fight. 
They've fought against religion and the wrongs of the past, who have risked everything, finances, jobs, ministry, friendships, family, to take a stand for God, Luke 14:26, to draw close to their light, John 8:12. To those who risked everything, I say to you, it was your dedication and your love for Jesus that began to change you, James 1:12. You have allowed yourselves to be humbled and now comes the time for you to be lifted up. Behold, the gardener is coming to lift you up out of where you have been to plant you in fresh soil and he shall place you amongst those that have also suffered because of their love for Jesus. I saw a great new plan being formulated in the heavens. Isaiah forty-three nineteen. So I say to you, it is the dedication to the light that is bringing you to maturity. Ephesians four fourteen to 15 it is your brokenness, Psalm 51, 17, that has allowed God to form you into his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. Everyone who has revealed their love for Jesus at a personal cost should expect a new level of visitation from God. Jesus will be your light. You will reflect his light in a world as it grows darker. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. New seeds will come in a multitude that has never been seen before. Instead of settling in the garden as it once was, they will settle in the new place, for the light is brighter, allowing them to mature quickly in the Lord. The ground is fresh so they can grow in a depth that will enable them to expand and endure. Jeremiah 17.8 The time will come where new believers will begin to outshine others who follow religion and not God. The light, the darkness, and the judgment. And then I had another vision. How good it is to see the light rise. Darkness flees before it like the dawn. The light will continue to rise until it burns like midday sun. How good it is for those who witness what comes. Their eyes shall see the glory of God. On that day it shall be the brightest day of all and the evening shall not come easily. The day shall feel like the longest day but the night will come again. Matthew twenty four thirteen to 14 The night that follows shall be the opposite of the great day for it will be the darkness like never before. People shall seek the light but not find it. People shall be swallowed by their nightmares. Oh, how desperate it will be for the people of that time. The darkness shall be so great that God the Father will make good his promise of judgment. Unexpectedly the light shall return and God will judge the wickedness once and for all. And it shall be cast away into the pit. Then in a vision I saw a great cloud move off. And with it went all confusion. And truth was revealed so that all may know and take their places in glory or in the pit. Ezekiel twenty forty three to 44 I looked and saw the faces of people who I once knew walking in a line, each brought to the court where their life was made known before everyone. It was then that my heart sank to see my foolishness. I saw my friends and my family going to the pit because they never knew Jesus. I also noted that many people were mistaken about where they thought they were going and went to hell instead of to glory. Luke 11.35 What foolishness to trust in religion and law. It is by the same law that they stood condemned. How much worse was it for those who knew the truth but kept it at arm's length than to those who did not know the truth at all. They accepted their guilt but those who considered themselves innocent were in despair. Indeed, they were the ones gnashing their teeth. Then I saw others arriving at court hearings, and many witnesses came forth. I even heard the voices of the innocent, the martyrs and all those killed in their innocence. Their voice was so great a testimony that only the blood of the Lamb could save any accused from instant judgment, and the Lamb only saved those whom he knew and whom he loved. But no one who heard an innocent speak against them was unaffected. For even those who were made innocent by the blood of the Lamb cried in regret. Then... I saw a great line of those who are headed for glory. 
and they were told to wash one another's feet, especially of anyone who had done them wrong. Peace was being made amongst them. For they all knew the truth, for truth had been revealed in its fullness. After seeing these things in my spirit, I became greatly concerned, for I began to understand what I had been allowed to see. My thoughts were of Paul, otherwise known as Saul, who was the enemy of Christ, responsible for persecution of innocent people, as mentioned in Acts 8 and 9 and 1 Corinthians 15, and how he would have all those who suffered by his hands come to testify against him. And I pondered, who might come to give evidence against me? What if a Christian should board a bus and on that bus find a man who was utterly laden with sin? However, the Christian decided that he should not be a witness, afraid that it might start trouble and instead turned away and did nothing. Let me tell you something. It was not just the innocent that had given testimony, but also the condemned. Will many people stand before us and say, I sat next to this guy, he told me nothing about Jesus and now I stand condemned. My brothers and sisters, be reminded that any of us who have light and hide it, or have a gift and do nothing, may not be saved. Matthew twenty-five thirty. There was another group of people who were heading to the pit because their leader and teacher did not teach true salvation. They did not teach the full gospel. Each deceived person stood before God the Father and gave testimony against the false teachers. 2 Peter 2 verses 2 and 3. Who shall stand to give testimony against us? What hope do we have on that day except in Lord Jesus Christ, that he may turn and say, I know him and he loves me, allowing us to be covered with his blood? Without that I have nothing. Without that I would be in the pit. Please allow these words to stir you into action that you may live. Do not be fooled into a false sense of righteousness. Do not be fooled into complacency or superiority. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and allow him to fill you with his truth. Do not hold on to the teaching of others when the Holy Spirit is your allocated teacher. A time comes when one must become mature in the word of God. You can't achieve that by listening to others, but rather from setting your mind like a flint and being entirely and determined to seek God. Then perhaps you can claim Jesus knows me and I love him and he walks with me. A birth. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say, where you once used to step out of your door and find me to come to me now, I desire to see your dedication to me. Declare a holy fast, consecrate yourself to me. Be like Samson who is fully dedicated to me, and I will give you strength just as Samson's strength returned as his hair grew. Not only this, dedicate your children unto the Lord. Do not subject them to the systems of the world, but allow them freedom which I give. For your generation will rise high, but the next generation shall rise even higher. Do not fear their world, but stand on my word. Stand. Then the voice of the Lord declared, The move of my church has been like a vehicle with its wheels missing. But I shall arrive to the ones who love me, and I shall set things in motion. They will have to do nothing but continue to seek me. Upon them I rest my plans for this age, and their provisions shall arrive suddenly like an unexpected delivery which carries a large load. Then I saw an unevenness between the believers. Those who have let go of much will reap what they have sown, and those who have let go of little will reap little. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, I take that which does not produce fruit, and I throw it into the fire. Behold, look and see, for I have marked that which now must be cut off, like paint on the bark of a tree, marking where it shall be cut down. For even in drought, if a person is in me and I in him, he shall produce fruit. But anyone who has not humbled themselves will be discarded and left to this one side until they come to me on bended knee. I heard the voice of the Lord go on and say, 
I come like the break of the dawn to bring light into the hearts of many. They will be like a fire unto me, and they shall be my witnesses in this land, but also to other lands. Where people have been dependent on the light of others, they will now become dependent on me. In my light they shall walk and see more clearly than before. This vision will enable them to accomplish many tasks and miracles in my name. They will be like a lamp in the darkness that draws insects to it. I will align them with my plan and they will be side by side with many others. Then I heard a great rising wind and it blew fiercely and it rushed all around me with enough power to change the direction of anyone who walked against it. And I heard a voice say, Even the darkest steps of sin in your land shall be uncovered and made known. Then I saw a great crowd of intercessors who were deep in prayer. Some crying with anguish, others moaning as if in childbirth. Psalms 48.6, Jeremiah 6.24, Joel 2.17. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, Now is the time that my move shall arrive. And the voice carried through to my soul, and I began to cry before the Lord. There were tears of joy because I waited and prayed just like so many others have. This day I proclaim that God has heard my cry. His light shall shine on all of those in this land. I suddenly understood that I must stand on a new seed of faith that every person in my land will know Jesus. May your will be done, Lord, I prayed. Then I heard a declaration. It was a song going forth like the joy of the birds in the morning sun. And the song was of love as the bride sings to her groom. Then in a vision I saw a great table for the wedding feast. But the table was empty. And I heard the Lord speak to the harvester saying, Go out into the field and gather the crops. So I watched as the workers went out to work in the fields with a blue sky over their heads. I looked on each one as they walked past me. They were of all sorts. Some were young, some old. Some had experience, some did not. They were educated, non-educated, men, women, children. However, in their eyes I saw a burning flame of determination. And I heard a voice say, These are the ones who will share my love and not religion. I noticed that no one took with them a portion of bread or water. Instead they said, My Lord will sustain me. Lamentations 3.24 Whoever they took a new wine with them so that it will mature while they work. John 2.10 Then I watched as heaven became almost silent. I saw angels and the martyrs look on, for they had waited a long time for this day. As the last harvester went forth, I saw a great assembly of angels gather and also head out to assist the harvesters. Psalm 91.11 Hebrews 1.14 And there was no set portion of angels allocated. To some harvesters they only had a few angels, but to others they were given many. The assigned amount of angels was perfect balance for the harvesters to achieve their goal. And even though each harvester was to collect, he did not know how much he would gather. But the Father in heaven knew and expected a complete delivery. For there is only one wedding feast. Revelation 19.9 The greatest harvest of all had been kept for such a time as this. Then I watched the harvesters hard at work. And there were others who saw them at work in the field and asked, Can I also come to bring in the harvest? So the number of harvesters grew, but not all of them had been appointed from the start. The newcomers could harvest, but not with the same anointing. As they cut the harvest, the new scent filled the air, and it drifted up to heaven, and was pleasing to the Lord as he waited. There were no limits, holding people back with assumptions of ability. I saw children gathering a large field and reaping a huge crop for the kingdom. It mattered not that they were young. In another place I saw one generation beside another 
going into the fields and working it together so that they could reap a maximum yield. Blessed are the generations, and blessed are the hands who work the fields, for their names are written in heaven. Then the day came for the groom to leave his room, Joel 2.16. And he went out into the field and told those in charge, Now is the time to bring in all that is harvested and take it to the wedding feast, Joel 2.24. Then he went to the garden, and he said to the gardener, Bring in the flowers to the feast, those without blemish, which are in the fresh soil. Then I saw the groom set out to meet his lover, his bride, and although she had waited for him, she did not know when he would arrive. She was glad to see him come as she had been waiting in anticipation. Revelation 19.7 He took her by hand, and she was without blemish, and ready for intimacy. And he said to her, Come see the place that I have prepared for you. John 14.3 He took her into the feast room, and they celebrated together with the harvest and the flowers, and they ate rich food and drank of the new wine, which had been matured during the harvest. Isaiah 25.6 Do not say there are another four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. But here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labour. Others have laboured, and you have entered into their labour. John four thirty-five to 38 I say to you now, the harvest is here. The harvest is here. Look out into the fields, the harvest is here. If you had tried in a previous season, but you have had no success in sharing the gospel, I said you cast the net on the other side. Now there is only one question to ask about all of this. Are you willing to be a harvester? I pray that you will answer the call. Dear Lord Jesus, I have heard your call to come and be a harvester in this end time harvest. Please, Lord, allow me to be one of those who will go, who will trust in you for provision and go out into the fields to gather a crop. I do not know what you have in store for me, but I submit myself to your authority and ask for your will to be established in my life so that I will carry out all that you've laid out in advance for me to do. I thank you, God, for all that you've done so far, and I ask, Lord, that you will continue to show your glory through me and that your name will be glorified throughout the remainder of my life. Set a fire in my heart, Lord, to understand your heart for the lost. It is not your desire that any should perish. Help me, Lord, to share your love rather than advertising a religion or a church. Show me new ways to reach out and to love people so that they may experience you through my life and my actions. Let me be a humble witness, gathering a wage for my work, that I may know you intimately as a friend, because I know that you will never let me down. Help me, Lord, to have the boldness and strength to go down into the valley and make a stand for you, just like David. Let nothing deter me from going wherever you lead me. I ask forgiveness if I have not shared with you enough in the past, and I repent of that. I ask that you will restore me sevenfold of what the enemy has snatched away. I ask for a breakthrough in my land, Lord. And I say to you, Father, my land is ripe for harvest. So use me. Use me.